Welcome. What? Hold on. Wait, okay. Okay. What, one, <laughs> I two, thought three, you were going to let me do it. Okay. Well, I thought. Lord. Right. <laughs> Lord. Help us. Okay, fine. Go Let's ahead. just start. You Are you going to cut me off again? Yeah, I'm just waiting. Okay. Okay. All right. Hey, thanks, Timmy. Hey, Timmy. Timmy, Hi, we, we just pushed record. And <laughs> Hi, John. Timmy's very helpful. Hey, guys, welcome to oh, you, the Kansas City Underground Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm Corey. And we're here with John DeWitt. Good morning, man. It's good to see you. Although I wish you were present, like, actually in the room. Mm. I haven't had a good John DeWitt hug in a while. It's been a minute. It has been a while. DeWitt is actually, he's, he's such a teddy bear hugger it's yeah really, it, you're a good hugger man yeah get that a lot dude, that i'm a great hugger yeah <laughs> good just want to affirm your hugging <laughs> all yeah. right so we are in this series where we're trying to interview as many just normal on the ground ordinary people so when we talk about uh seeing micro churches emerge the organizing identities of the kansas city underground we always do this thing where we say it's ordinary people who plant themselves within pockets of people, plant the gospel in order to make disciples, and then microchurches emerge as they make new disciples. Uh, so whenever we do trainings, I always say, all right, show of hands, who's ordinary people? And everybody has to raise their hands. That's a great moment. Hands raised, ordinary or, people. All three of us just raised their hands. Uh, you know, and some of that's like, well, people are like, well, you're holding a training right now, so I don't feel like you're necessarily ordinary. Mm -hmm. You do this all the time. You think about it. You're helping equip other people. So we wanted to interview i still feel like i'm ordinary we're just doing it in our different context but we want you to are, interview bro. ordinary people thank you john for letting reminding me how ordinary i am uh we want to spend some time with people that are committed as disciple makers in the kansas city underground hearing their stories so we've already had a few hopefully these stories are inspiring and helping you if you're in kansas city or outside of kansas city and you're going oh they're serious these are just normal people so today we're with john dewitt who's an ordinary guy. What do you do, John? What's your ordinary day job? My my day job is selling fences. So I put up barriers between neighbors, I guess. <laughs> That's great. So which it kind of goes against the thing, but we keep pets, people's precious pets inside their yard. And Yeah, that's we, a gift to them. We build beautiful fences. So. Yeah. That's awesome, bro. Yeah, okay, so DeWitt, I've been running with DeWitt for, for years now, uh, two or three, three, three. three years. Yeah. And, three. And and it's it's fun because so much share the hope is a network that we talk about a lot in the Kansas City Underground. Well, and really, share the hope. Yeah, I've and, never and, heard and of it's this. a funny even way to say in the Kansas City Underground. Like share the hope actually predated, well, the organization of KC Underground, but it was the same the the pathway, the missionary pathway that we've walked in was you know partnering with a jail ministry corrupting them in all the kingdom ways of disciple making movements i think you mean redeeming redeeming them. no just like rethinking how we can go about a jail ministry to go f moving from hey let's bring all these programs and things to let's uh, find where god's already at work and seeing a bunch of stuff happen within the jails brian's raising his hand he's throwing me off i can't even explain things what no what? i thought you did a great job explaining My that goodness i, I just want to add one comment when oh, you're done okay were you done well i am now oh, <laughs> i'm gonna circle back to add a comment okay yeah sidebar here i think it's important to highlight what you said that all of the micro churches that we're connected to that we coach in this network not all of them emerged because of us Totally. There's a, a, a handful 
of uh, of microchurches that we partner with. I think it's important to highlight because we we desire gospel saturation in this city, not just hey, let's make microchurches. Totally, uh, we want to see the city transform. So it's. Uh, this goes back to the Damien Girk book, the In the Way, where he talked about oftentimes in church planting, you have, you know, this is who we are, and this is why you should come here, and this is how we're different than everybody mm-hmm. else, and we're going, no, let's be unified. What's already at work in the city? How do we partner and celebrate and throw fuel on their fire? That's and right. yeah, and, and egos and logos don't matter. So it's it's really super interesting of how that actually plays itself out, where. I always joke with people. It's like, man, I think we have somewhere between forty and eighty micro churches in this city. For but yeah, like most sixty, yeah, you know, well, like what or sixty? But that's or 50. between forty and eighty. So there you go. <laughs> what's what's Casey Underground? What's another organization that we partner? Who knows and who cares? Right? It's all like as far as logos. I'm saying all that, John Dewitt, as he's sitting here being like, why am I taking? Time yeah, you off guys should have recorded this before to, I got here. <laughs> but. Gracious Promise is a jail ministry that uh, God's favor was on, and, and we began to see uh, disciples and leaders coming out of that, and Share the Hope was born. And what has come from Share the Hope now is l- tons of people who've, who've come out of jail, and you know, incarceration and addiction communities are finding these incredible spiritual families. And uh, that is where I met John DeWitt. And so yes. I don't think it's, we would say, hey, DeWitt is an... Uh, 100% outsider who, you know, uh, came into, started making disciples, blah, blah, blah. It was like you were a participant in yes. Share the Hope in some capacity, not necessarily typical of other, you know, members in that world. And then the very first time I heard John DeWitt speak, I'm like, who is this cat? Like, because this dude, like, y- you just oozed. Yeah, yeah. He's like, more. <laughs> tell me more. Uh, he Affirm just, me. He just oozed <laughs> this like love, affection, shepherding, mm. and so it's fun. We had a conversation after one of those first times. So, Dewitt, before we go into all of that, and 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 now John is one of our main hub leaders within that network. Heads up the coaching side of. So he's coaching microchurch leaders within that Share the Hope network, and it's just been really fun to see your gifts how God has wired you as a shepherd and a caregiver and a a supporter. And you're all, you're already a supporter, kind of a lead from behind type of guy. So it's been so cool to see you operate in the hub setting. So I'm going to stop talking and I want to hear, Brian is so excited that I am not talking and I want to hear a little bit of your background pre share the hope. I know there's who is John DeWitt Who's John DeWitt in a couple minutes. So let's just like, who are you? I, I, I'm, I grew up in a little farming community in north central Iowa, up by Clear Lake in Mason City, Iowa. It's Garner, home of the Cardinals. And um, about shout it, out to it, all them Gardner Cardinals out there. Yeah. Come on, baby. There were about 2,200 people at the time. But anyway, grew up on a 300 acre farm, went to church every Sunday, was heavily involved. My, we had a larger uh extended family there were four of us mom dad and my sister vicky and i and and but grew up in a church um succeeded i succeeded in in sports you may look at me now and i may have a chuck barkley look you know to <laughs> me. is that funny to you brian yeah, Is that funny? Your, yeah, sorry. I just, I was trying wow. to think, I was trying yeah, to remember yeah, Charles Barkley swinging a golf club. 
sports and everything. And and I just remember one one uh, uh, sleepover that we had at the church, and I just I looked up at the stained glass windows and I said, you know. Um, everything that I've heard growing up, all this stuff at, at 16 years old, I said, this is true and it's real. Mm. And, um, but for some weird reason, I, I took that victory, I would call it, or that, uh, grace. And I, um, went about doing life my way, um, through partying, you know, wanting to be involved, you know, be a, be uh, accepted by everyone, all that kind of stuff. And that led in through college, et cetera. And then I I got married and, and was married about 13 years and some bad things were happening in, in the marriage where I, my, whatever charm or funniness or humor or whatever I would buy, nothing worked. And, and my sister, um, never gave up on me. I would roll my eyes because she just talked about Jesus all the time. And I knew who to talk to. And I hit my knees on September 17th, 2006, and just gave, you know, gave it all back Mm -hmm. to him. And um, yeah, that was a beautiful day and a beautiful night. It was hard. But anyway, still had struggles through the same ordeals in my marriage. And what I what I found myself doing, even as a lay leader in in a large church here in Kansas City, I I didn't rely fully on the Lord, and and so I turned to Bud Light as my as my uh, go to, and so when it when all heck broke loose in, in the marriage, I I went up and and went into a rehab up in, in uh, Atchison, Kansas, and I was there for a few weeks, and there was a girl that came in who was celebrating her one year, and, and she sat in a small group with us, and she said, when you, John, I heard, just heard your story, and when you get out of here, I want you to go to Homer's Coffee House on Saturday morning, 7 to 9, and I said, it's a group of men, I go, well, what's it about? She goes, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you, <laughs> and I said, oh. So the first week I didn't go, just show her, you know, yeah. that she was boss of me. Challenge Second accepted. Week, yeah. <laughs> Second week I went in there, and what I experienced in that room was church at a different level. Mm-hmm. I mean, where people were real, and they were getting, and and they had like, and they weren't afraid to tell their stories. And the grace and the love and the peace that was in that room, um, I was I was never going to miss again unless I was out of town, and I don't. Mm-hmm. And uh, a couple weeks into it, Corey took me aside and, and talked with me, and um, and then that changed my whole trajectory about how I go about, how I roll today mm-hmm. as far as go about uh my faith journey and my witness i uh yeah. we we would whiteboard on you know we'd meet once a week whiteboard <laughs> and game plan and and strategize and pray and Corey walked alongside me which was 
it was huge at that portion of my life. It still is today, but um, but what we have seen um, from that expression, it has now grown to multiple expressions across the Kansas City area. Mm-hmm. And um, so I didn't I didn't do time in jail or anything like that. Yeah. I, I, I came from the rehab side. Yeah. And so which we have plenty of those too. I would say 30 percent of them yeah. at least. Anyway, dude, so, so good. Like, yeah, it was it was great. The first time I hear DeWitt talking to us, uh, and you t- I think if I remember right, you told that story or I can't remember the first time I you know, heard your story of how you got connected, but like there was one of those very specific Holy spirit. Hey, talk to this guy moments. And, and there's a couple, there's a lot of things we could go down in the, the share the hope realm. Um, and I, we probably will in a little bit, but there's a couple other connections I wanted to hear about. One is actually just a few weeks ago. We heard the story of, uh, Creighton high school student and your name kept popping up. And I, and I texted you, I was like a lot of, a lot of John DeWitt shout outs. Cause you were, key even just in that family early on so when to i mean if you want to speak on that you could I just, if nothing else i want to acknowledge it and, and the other one was you've had this ministry where you're emailing daily devotionals oh, yeah. to hundreds and i want to know like how many people are on that list now and how that actually came with when i that september 17 2006 two weeks after that my my grandma died and we buried her on her 98th birthday. We went back to the church and we're sitting in the basement. All my cousins from all around the country are there. And all heck is still breaking loose in my in my marriage. You know, I'm the first one that, that came on board with the Lord. And I, I the, the Holy Spirit, I can look back now and, and, and said, I want you to gather all of your family's emails and send them a little bit of God's word. Like we all grew up in because a lot of them stopped going to church as they went to Oregon or Florida or California and stuff like that. And I, and I just remember saying, are you kidding me? That's the last thing I, I need, I, you know, need to do. But anyway, my, my grandma had a devotional book and I, I still pull from it from time to time today, but I gathered 56 emails and, that's how it started in 2006, and it's 5,700 now, Ooh. just to, right at 5,700. And then a lot of those people share it, Yeah, uh, share those. So I, I'll never know yeah. how many, but it's just it's exciting to, to get a little bit of a, of, of a good word out there and encouragement before people start their day. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah there's a, a couple of things that seem to be important to highlight from that is like yeah the faithfulness of just sending this encouragement from god's word to these people uh just the obedience of that god called you into it that people clamor for stages and mm-hmm. big crowds and it's like well john's kind of like a mega church pastor too <laughs> it's like 5700 people yeah, um, but also the and that's just it i mean i'm being humorous with that but the influence of that is like where does that go from there another thing that you know it seems to be a theme is uh jesus was using you through the power of the spirit even in times when you weren't necessarily pursuing him um that's just a man so good to highlight that 
we feel like we're at the place where we're failing or not walking in or not succeeding. And it's like, you know what? God's still, uh, God's still in charge of the universe that he created Mm. and he is still moving it forward (laughs) and doing uh, all of the things that he wants to accomplish in his great good plan. So, yeah. Yeah. I described the guys a couple of weeks ago and share the hope is even though I had joy in my heart, I was walking through the valley. But if, if you remember, I mean, if you, if you think about Psalm 23, it's down in the valley where the rivers are and the lush pasture is, and it's not at the top of the mountain. And so it's, it's okay to sit in that is what I'm learning. It's okay to be there because whenever there's a wall built up, I, I always say that I can't wait to see what's on the other side of that wall. And I'm just going to pray my way and keep, yea, though I walk through the valley, I'm going to keep moving and keep going and, and see what God has in store. So Amen. John, tell us, uh, like we've heard from James. So regular contributor, James Mace, we need to get him back in here. Yeah. yeah um, he might be walking in anytime. Soon. Oh, really? There's a chance. Okay. We'll see. So, uh, tell us just about your experience. So again, we've heard from James and that side of it. And we've heard about sure that we talk about it often, like we said, because it really is one of the brightest spots in the underground as far as what Jesus is doing and the multiplication and the way that you're engaging this network of people with this story. Uh, but yeah, share yours. Like you talked about that first experience, but what's it like to be a part of the family? Well, I remember, uh, Corey talking about the underground, you know, the first or second times in or the second time that we, we met and we met over at, uh, was it Harvest Bridge? What is that? That's yeah. That's where we, that our there? first, our first team of missionaries. And, you know, a small town church and then going to a mega church where they had like drums and stuff like that. I was going, Oh, I don't. So I was still, it was, it I was going, what is this all about? And it took me about a month of coming. And I, it finally, everything that, that Corey was talking about and what I heard, it all clicked mm-hmm. into, yeah, this is Acts 2. This is, this is exactly what it's a, I'm called to do. Mm-hmm. And so the, the the family of the underground and just the family of share the hope is my family, and outside of my immediate family, that's who I would call if I'm in getting ready if I'm in a battle, mm-hmm. and I I've got fifty to seventy five men I could call just like that mm-hmm. that that that'll be there and that's rare, that's rare. Right on. Yeah. And um, so you want to hear more about what, like share the hope and the experience there? Or yeah. The, the reason I ask is because, uh, you know, for people that are listening, we get, get this question all the time. Well, what's a microchurch look like? What's a microchurch look like? <laughs> and so like, I love to hear from other people in the network. Like, what does it mean to be a part of that extended spiritual family? And it's not just meetings on Saturday mornings at Homer's. It's yeah. like, if I could break it into maybe like the blessed rhythm, come on. Uh, when if you, what happens on a, a on every expression almost is is that when you walk in, 
people are intentional in reaching out to you. Mm. And, and it, in each gathering, you have a, a, your chance to speak. You're asked, you know, please share if you can. And if you're, if you're not comfortable, that's fine. But yet we'll still pray for you. So, you know, the B, you know, building relationships, et cetera, is, it, that's the key right from the get-go. And, and then listening. Mm-hmm. You know, at, when, if I shared my story, a guy across the room could be asked to pray about what I just talked about. So we, we were all listening intently to what so that you're, person You're saying on. you actually live out 1 Corinthians 14 and the worship instructions that everyone okay. has a word, everyone yeah. has a— <laughs> No, actually, that's true. I've, I've, what I've read 1 Corinthians 14 at times, you know, it's like the, I think of— share the hope settings where we do people have a word for one another and there's it is very holy spirit led and all that stuff so sorry keep keep yeah, going to it going. Sorry, right sorry. it does it... we eat and we have coffee i mean i know the saturday night expression at the hub there in shawnee they bring they're bringing food in every every saturday night and so and guys will bring big bags of either donuts or twinkies or all that fat-free stuff. And <laughs> then uh, as far as serving, immediately when you come out, we the, the question that Gracious Promise asks in the in, in, in the jails, et cetera, is how can we help you? Mm-hmm. Not hitting them with, with, with Jesus and all that right away. And but it's and it's it's a new paradigm for a lot of these men and women. It's like you're just you don't have a, a shadow mission. Right. And, right. And, That's actually is, huge because sure. that is most like um, a lot of our friends and share the hope will talk about that. You always assume there's an ulterior motive. It's like, what do you want from me? What do you, what, you know, like into actually not, uh, it's like, we, we want to love you. We want you to thrive. Our ulterior motive is we want you to experience all the goodness and love that Jesus has for you, but we're not right. trying to get you to do something. It's it, it, it I, we have heard that so many times that it's like, I don't even know how to answer this question because like what's expected of me. So you're, you're right. I mean, I just want to emphasize that that is a significant reality. It's, I pray it never gets old when you see the light yeah. finally come on from week one to let's say week four, where they, you know, their body language or everything, their eyes is what I, I look at their eyes. And, and when they finally get it not only not only the love of christ but the love and genuine um care from other other people in general it's crazy and one thing i i'm sorry one thing we we don't ever we can solve some of the immediate needs like uh, housing and, and helping find a job stuff like that but we don't have all the answers, but we always take it to the one that does. Mm-hmm. And we pray after every every person. So serving, story, everything is all involved within the context. And it's just perfect. And, w- and one thing that you do so well, it's how the Lord has wired you. But you don't let people fall through the cracks without them knowing that they've been heard and loved. I freaking love that about you. Like you will, you will text people and a lot of people in share the hope, especially the Saturday morning expression. Don't know that you do that. Mm. Like that you actually, you, 
you write down the name of every single person who comes. You make sure there's a touch point. You text them. You email them. And like, I'm, there there are significant leaders within that network that didn't know that you do that with like, basically. For I don't know if you still do it all the time because I know you bounce around some. And you're part of different share the hopes, but dude, that's been a huge piece. Like, more and more within share the hope, you'll hear the story that, like, I got this text from this John DeWitt guy who said he was praying for me or telling me like, you know, Jesus loves, you know, fill in the blank so much. That's, that's one of DeWitt's favorite like things is, Hey, just praying for you. Just want you to know that Jesus, you know, you know, like loves, uh, uh, Corey Osmond so much. And it's like, thanks buddy. You know? So like, I've heard lots of stories where that was significant that that popped up. And, and I just want to say that is a, that is a shepherd being a shepherd within a community. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Not some, not a paid, preacher or teacher, even though you actually are a gifted teacher as well. You're a really gifted communicator of the gospel, but that was just, that's just loving people where they're at. So well done, my friend. That's a huge role. So I have a few other questions. Um, one is what's your role as a hub leader, uh, and within share the hope. So Corey mentioned that you're a coach, but like, just talk about what you do in that sense. And even how it maybe even got there. Like what's just the hub role in general. I mean, it it has grown, you know, the Share the Hope has grown over the last three years. But um, so I coach the leaders of each uh, different expression. Um, and I'm I'm coached by Bree Weeby, who's a magnificent coach. Yep, just heard from the Weebies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we meet once a month as coaches and gain you know just glean as much information as we can off of each other and from and from three but man they're all so different there's five to six of them right now but they're it's just completely different and so that's that's fun too but it's it's and i i i probably get more out of it than maybe they do <laughs> yeah I think most coaches say that. Um, but but the beautiful hands and feet of these of these people that lead um through not only, you know, the, the, the valleys but the mountaintops is 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 encouraging to me mm-hmm. as an encourager. Mm-hmm. And it just makes me want to keep going because I, you know, we had a dream. We have a dream and a vision of hundreds of these share the hopes, not just in what a great transition. Another, uh, uh, share the hopes, not only in Kansas City but throughout the country. And there is one that just started in Dallas, and I haven't shared what? that. What? Come on now, dude! I love. I just love. I, I hear stories like that a lot, where it's like share the hope. It's like, oh, did you know that we're getting one over here? And and that's part of why we we needed to create a hub on the back end, because what you know, some sometimes we like kind of start with a hub, or at least the idea of a hub, you know. And then okay, once a couple micro churches pop up, and then we got a hub ready that or supports you. Uh, un, with share the hope, we had we had multiplication at times. We had new things pop, but it. it we didn't necessarily have a group that was really sold out on this. We're going to support you so that you all can keep thriving and multiplying. So kind of on the back end, we try to go back and create a foundation that can help support these new emerging leaders. And DeWitt was from for for the last few years has clearly already had a lot of that role as an encourager 
you know, in supporter. So you've all already really thrived in a I'm going to help support leaders type of type of role. Um, and so like that's what now is we're saying, hey, we want to see 100 that the number that we've been saying in Kansas City. But, dude, I'd love that if God would just blow that number up yeah. was like if we see 100 share the hopes in in Kansas City, we're like we feel like that would be kind of what that would be gospel saturation in that network. Like everyone would be a relationship away from being a part who's affected by incarceration addiction. And, uh, and so if that we needed, bless you, we needed coaching, like how, who can support these new leaders? And John was already so like, you were already doing that. And so you're just like slowly, we've been stepping into that. And just so you know, guys, anyone listening to this, this is years in the making like yeah. there, the, things That's take yeah. things take time, and it's not always, especially. I mean, it's messy. Things are messy. There's relational dynamics. There's other things. Like John didn't just suddenly swoop in and be like, "Hey, I'm the authority." It's like, no, nah, man, I'm he still ask doesn't do that. No, you're gonna ask questions, and you're gonna say, "I love yeah. you," and you earn that right. And I know that is not the easiest thing, especially in share the hope. It's not the easiest role. Um, and so, yeah, that, that's the reason why Brian a second ago said, what a great transition. Because well, b- before you go to the transition, okay. I want okay. you to lead into and ask that question. But I just want to highlight one thing based on what you're saying. You're not paid by the underground. You don't, you, you no, don't have no, a no. quote-unquote job. You have a job selling fences and keeping neighbors yeah. from seeing each other. Um, yes. creating, creating barriers between people. Um, What's the line? What's the line? Uh, uh, Tear down fences, build more tables. I can't remember who said it, but I love that that idea. Anyway, uh, but if people tear down fences, then you can sell them another one. So there we go. I can make something out of this. I'm sure. My point was that you are not um, in a like you're. I just want to hit that so hard because people are like, "Well, I got to get a job doing full time ministry," and it's like you you are in full time ministry wherever you are. You mm-hmm. might sell fences, and you lead a hub that is multiplying, not only in Kansas City, but outside of this city. And mm-hmm. I just want to celebrate you and say thank you for that, mm-hmm. because uh, I think we, we just miss like the everyday reality of, I do things in this city. I sell fences. I help people have something that they're longing for, but I also help people that are rebuilding their lives. And I think of the bivocational reality, the co-vocational. Yes. Because you actually, um, like that, you've merged that. I mean, even the, the the fences that you're selling is from a guy that we met in Share the Hope, who yes. started following Jesus. Actually, his story is crazy. We had an Olathe expression. All right, let's interview that one later. <laughs> the, the, I, no, I'm just I'll make this connection. We had a we had an Olathe expression, and he's he stumbles in. He knew somebody from the jail contest. He stumbles into this group quite literally stumbling into oh, this group. This is a good story um, to tell. And, and, uh, and that microchurch doesn't really even meet anymore. That was a COVID death. But, yeah. the, the, but dude, his, and you know, we don't even need to say his name, but his connection to that group and then all that stuff. And then he, and he's been thriving. He's been, he's been discipled, you know, you know, by Jim and others in that group. And he's been following Jesus faithfully. And he started this business and then you left your business and you guys started this thing together. I mean, so now you guys work. Yeah, together. that's incredible. I mean, it's so cool to watch. So yeah, I, we do want to celebrate the reason why we keep going off on this. We want to celebrate the ordinary and by ordinary, we mean that in such an affectionate way. Like that actually yeah. is a word yeah. that some people hear as a negative thing. And we say ordinary and celebrate it because movement's going to be on the back of those people. It's not going to be on the backs of 
paid people. And so DeWitt, you, there's a, there's a willingness. Cause I think there are definitely times when you're like, man, I wish I was in full-time ministry. Like, uh, yeah. I say that in quotes, full-time ministry. And so right, right, your right. willingness to, to do what's needed and your, you, you have a huge heart to bless people generously financially. Anyway, do we keep talking about you? I want to hear more from you. Um, and you want to go to that? Yeah. The what dream? are you? What, yeah. The, so the question you kind of already touched on is what are you dreaming for about maybe it's a better word in share the hope in this network. We've already said a hundred, but is there any other thing you're, you're more on the ground. Like I'm less connected now with share the hope than I used to be, which is sad, but at the same time exciting. Cause we have this hub team. That's right. So it should be. And, uh, and so with you, my brother, like, what are you guys, what's that team? What's the hub team, the network leaders, the microchurch leaders? What are you guys dreaming about? What, 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 it re- um, <clears throat> what I'm working on are two things. One is, is saying no to certain things mm. um, outside of job and ministry mm. or even within ministry. It's hard because I, I'm passionate about it. But I, if I say yes to a lot of things, then I end up getting angry and bitter. And I don't want that. Because you're tired. But, because I'm tired and burned Pay attention, out. folks. Pay attention. And so I'm in a sweet place right now. It's looking at the, the in, in, in my area, looking at the men mainly and, and looking at their giftings. Like Corey saw something in me and, and has helped guide me, shepherd me into a position. And, you know, like Corey was talking about God's tapestry, once we're woven into that thing, man, you just kind of just follow. You just follow along. You you, you do. Mm. Mike Farmer sent me a, 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 something last night. I want to read this to you. Oh, the this, gracious promise leader is Mike Farmer. Yeah. He says, because he he he's been in that he's all he's a 74 year old man that is all over the board and it's just crazy busy and so awesome passionate for jesus it's awesome yeah and we talked the other day and he had an enlightened experience last night and he texted me this morning he said we are not building gracious promise and share the hope for for god we are serving God who is building his kingdom his way. We are only humble, humble, surrendered servants doing his daily bread assignments. Mm. From that perspective, we are free to just be. Woo, come on. Yeah. I'm going, Incredible. oh, come on. Wow. And, and it, that he, he na- I think he nailed that. And because we're always... Lord, he's seeing all of these little good works that I'm doing, and it, it has nothing to do with that. We're just we're just coming alongside, helping to build his share the hope, if, as if we're going to talk about it in, in his kingdom. And man, it just all of a sudden, I just at this was at four thirty this morning. I'm crazy, but it just a weight fell off of me reading that, and it was beautiful. So. But it's looking back to the question. It's looking at people's giftings and and calling it out for what it is, mm. even though they don't maybe see it or believe it, and then and then trying to shepherd them into a, 
uh, either a leadership role or starting their own share, you know, own expression, et cetera. It's, but seeing something, everybody that has received the Lord has has a gift, and so it's finding that one, that one or or maybe multiple gifts that they have, yeah. and then really concentrating on it, like Brother Osmond did with me. So, John, uh, as we kind of move towards wrapping this up, what what's without using specific people's names or? Uh, getting too detailed what's one story that you just love telling people right now that embodies the work that you're doing like yeah okay so two and a half years ago my parents came down from iowa to visit and went to homer's coffee house and and sat in and um it was well two years ago right about now and and uh there was a guy that came there for the first time, and this guy literally, uh, meth, I think, was his drug of choice. But I'm not sure he knew that day exactly what he was doing, but he actually received Christ um, that morning. There were two of them. Mm. But after that, and my mom and dad were just blown away. They, you know, were being in the church like they were. My dad would call me every time on Saturday mornings. He's going, how's that person doing, that one person? Oh, wow. And dad, you know, what about me? <laughs> or whatever. That guy went and he relapsed, mm-hmm. okay? He relapsed. He actually thought he started COVID, okay? That's about how far out he was. That young man today is not only a leader of his Oxford home, but he's also in a, a leader of a rehab, or helps lead a rehab facility. And he also leads multiple times on Saturday mornings at mm-hmm. Share the Hope. And I see him every Sunday at church. And he, he, he on so many occasions has been the one that, is the reason why I get up out of bed and keep going because coming from where he was to where he is today, Mm -hmm. we have a lot of losses in, in, in our, in our little group or in our group, but it's the victories when you see it in like a young man like this. And I tell you what, that I pray again, we'll never get old. Mm, Amen, man. You're, you're right on, on so many levels. We do we do have a lot of losses in the sense that, especially in addiction, we just see the horrible reality of addiction. We also see crazy transformation. We also see really dramatic things, but then without deep abiding, falls off. We also see partnership, like you mentioned, going to quote unquote going to church. We have different like we have one church in particular that we partner with a lot, where people like I, we've learned in the and addiction communities as well as, you know, yeah, just people affected by jail and all that other stuff is that they, t- we need to, we need to fill schedules with good things. And so people tend to like go to like, you know, a worship service or two or three, you know, an AA meeting or two or three, share the hope, two or three of them, you know, and like, I used to kind of fight that. And now I'm like, this is awesome. Whatever, whatever it takes. Generally, I always say share the hope is their number one, what they would call their spiritual family. 
but like just seeing the partnership in other ministries as well. And dude, that is a cool story to see uh, what I call the, the non-dramatic abiding in Jesus methodology. Like if we're going to raise up leaders and real people in that network to follow Jesus, we, we could get caught up in the stories. Like the, the OG share the hope is Saturday mornings. That's the one we've got the deepest connection with the jails where people just continue every week. We have somebody probably coming from a jail to be yeah. a part of it. And it's, so it's always exciting. It's Antioch. Yeah. Spinning and, off all these other little. True. But, and, but we could also get lost in the, the drama of it because there is like, my life was crazy and you hear the crazy. And then like, I heard about Jesus and you hear the crazy cool. And then three weeks, somebody might be gone because, and, and James Mays talks a lot about that. Cause he's got this high radar for it. Like it bugs and like, he's got this like justice. I know when this is happening. Like this yeah. is BS. Don't say that. You know, like he's got that part of it. Then there's John DeWitt, the other side where you're just like, I love you. I love you. I love you. Keep coming. I love you. But like when we hear those stories of the people who like the, the, the seed takes root and then over time reproduces, five, 10, 50, hundred fold. Like those, we tell those stories. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of negative stories, but we tell those stories because those stories are actually what movement is based on. It's, it's based on discipleship of people who are far from God, who uh, over time, they're trans this transformation and leads to reproduction of disciples and other churches. And, and your role is a huge part of that. My mm-hmm. role is a part like our role is a big part of it, yeah. but their role mm-hmm. is the most important part of it. <laughs> you know, like, so bro, I've, um, that's so good. I want to just touch on some of that as well. What, one other thing I want to say is there are, there were, there were, there are men, I would say over a handful of men that were sitting in their churches on a Sunday morning or whenever they were going and they were dry their bones were dry Mm -hmm. and they came in and are now helping to lead a a lot of different things within share the hope and because just because of the Holy Spirit and 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 the, the beauty of the room and um the realness of it the bones aren't dry anymore and i know you know who i'm talking about and that is as as exciting as as anything yeah yeah i I, let me set you up for the last question so Uh you know we give people this space to share a word over those that are listening so i'll give you some space to think about that while i ramble stall 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 well this isn't stalling there's two things one is ramble that we'll be rambling to see share the hope is one of the micro churches and now it's a collective and even a hub has emerged out of that that it truly is like grassroots bottom up it's not people from the outside coming in to help lead you're not like well we lost somebody so let's go hire a new lead pastor <laughs> it's like no somebody that was in jail or addicted received jesus went through transformation demonstrated over a long period of time their faithfulness to this community and is now leading this community and help raising up other people who are exiting that context finding jesus going through like it really is raising up leaders and sending them out and uh from within that is so that is such a paradigm shifter Mm -hmm. to me the other thing i wanted to go back to was just like we don't highlight the negative side of stories usually we we leave off the this fell 
back into addiction or this microchurch died or this neighborhood went through this problem or this community felt this and experienced. But there's so much of that. Mm -hmm. I remember reading a book last year by a famous actor. I won't get into the whole thing and promote the book. It was amazing. I thought the book was amazing. It's hilarious. I listened to it. He reads it. He's so fantastic. But all of the worst parts of his life, he just skimmed over as if they weren't painful. And afterwards, people were talking about the book, and I was like, well, I loved it. I loved it. I loved it, too. I said, but this, this just bothered me that there were no painful moments that he acknowledged in his own autobiography. And I don't want to be a network that does that. Mm. Like, I want to be willing. We can't do it. Like, this is a long podcast <laughs> compared to the most of the ones we've been doing. Mm. But it's been so good and so worth it. Uh, but I just, I want people to hear that. Like, we're not trying to skim over those things because it's, yeah. it is painful and it is heartbreaking. And there are days where you go, this sucks. This is yeah. hard. I'm fighting through this. But I was telling Rob this recently. The reason we hit these moments of pain and these moments of celebration is I, I think when you read books like uh, Richard Foster's Spiritual Disciplines and all those things, you have like fasting, prayer whatever. I don't know the rest of them. Uh, <laughs> daily Bible reading, whatever. As I think the one that they leave out that should be considered a spiritual mm. discipline is what the people of Israel do over and over in the text. They remember. Remember, dude. Yeah. And retell. That's right. There should be a spiritual discipline called remember and retell. I've had, I literally have sermons back in the day about the spiritual discipline of remembering. Yeah. This is funny. Yeah, there you go. I think it's so I'm important. Sure you stole which that is, from me. Yeah, I did. I still, that's exactly what I did. Uh, let's remember that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, that was a bit of rambling, but I just want to highlight those things. Really it's good. like the reason we tell the highlight stories is because what you said, it keeps us going. Mm. Uh, but if you want to hear the, the sad parts, it's not that we're unwilling. It's just, we don't have all the space, but it is true of us. There are these hard, difficult places, but Jesus keeps taking us through it. So I love that the way you said that. I've never heard anybody talk about the. I've heard people say, yeah, we're walking through it, but the way that you said, but we keep moving. There's a continuous motion through it. Amen. Yeah. What you just described, Brian, is really, you can't heal what you do not reveal, okay? Ooh. If you don't heal it you can't heal it and when you're in a when you're in a, a group like we're i'm a part of people can tell their whatever story they want to tell and all you're going to get is a bunch of guys that are nodding their head yeah, yeah. okay I get it. you know and and so and and after you tell your story and you're still loved come on yeah exactly i mean without authentic community you're not gonna you're not gonna survive well you're not gonna live life to the fullest i don't believe um if you isolate or if you walk into a building listen for an hour and 15 minutes and walk out you might feel great for a little bit but when all heck breaks loose who are you gonna call or who you it's your people it's your get people in your small group in your Micro church. That's who I would call. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and that changes now every month. Who my go tos would be, you know. I still, you know. So it used to be Corey. I don't. I don't really yeah. talk to Corey. Yeah, that's wise. That's either. really wise. Very wise. What's huh? your What's your word, John? What's Jesus given you that you would speak to those 
people in the underground listening in our city and even beyond? What I've been leaning on, we lost a guy about six weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I have been leaning on Galatians 6-9 heavily, which is do not grow weary in doing mm-hmm. good. You're going to reap a harvest in due time. Mm-hmm. Just don't don't grow weary in, in doing the next good thing. Mm-hmm. So. Amen. Amen. Thanks, brother. Yeah, that was hard. No, that's a hard thing that we journeyed through. So, hey, last question. We talked about this email list. How do people get on that? E- if, if they're listening to this and like, hey, I'd like a, a daily reminder in the I devotion. Get a plug? Yeah, yeah, plug man. it in here for best, all twelve people that listen to, to this. <laughs> the best way to do it is to just send me your email. Email me your email, okay. and line copy everyone. And it's my the favorite thing every day is adding people to it. That's my favorite thing to do. Well. And eat. Yeah. I like eating too. But yeah, and so my email is DeWitt, D E W I T T, and then the letter J. So DeWitt J at live, L I V E dot com. So DeWitt, D E W I T T J at L I V E dot com. That's it. Beautiful. And thank you for that cadence. That was super helpful. You're welcome. All right. All right. Hey, brother, love you, man. Thank you for all that you do. I will get that John DeWitt hug next time I see you. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Underground Podcast. We hope that it's either been an encouragement to you or that it's created a curiosity about what it means to live into a missionary mindset with an aim to make disciples and see the church emerge. If you're a missionary or a microchurch in Kansas City and you're looking for coaching or just belonging within a network, we'd love to connect with you so we can learn about what you are doing and how you are joining Jesus for gospel saturation in this city. If you're outside the Kansas City area and have questions about what it would mean to catalyze a disciple-making movement, that leads to the emergence of microchurches and every network within your city. We'd love to connect with you as well and offer whatever resources might be helpful to you. You can find out more at kcunderground.com. Grace and peace, friends.